Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the life of ourselves, our family, and others. On this subject of preparedness, there are so many options and ideas of what to do, what to think, that it's all very individualized about what our choices actually are. We must investigate through our own orientation what to do. As we consider what our many concerns are, then we have to make a plan as we consider these possibilities and then do something. Everyone has different thoughts and different concerns. And what I hope to do is give you ideas, and some of these ideas will seem good to you, and some of them won't. But I hope to in inspire your thoughts so that you can investigate what you want to do. There's lots of people who would be willing to tell you what to do, but I believe your own ideas are the best ones, and those are the ones that you will follow. You will do those things. So find out what your concerns are and give yourself answers about how to meet those concerns. You might even consider, what if you had no budget? Now, if you had no budget, this will let you freely identify your solutions to the problems you see. And after this consideration, then you rein in the possibilities and consider that you do have a budget. So, the idea is to inspire you to think about the what if. What do you do if something to arise? So, you think about it and come up with some ideas. Now, I am talking to you about stopping difficulties, whether they be death or suffering. So take some steps now. Examine what it is you want to consider, and you start with the basics, and then you get more things along the way. Now, the most basic thing is water. That is the first item of importance. Store some water, because if no water came out of your faucet, where would you get it? Not easy. Okay, the easiest thing is store some. Then you want to have some food. Now, I like grains and even dehydrated foods like vegetables. So, get grains, get wheat, get any other grains you want. Get sugar, oil and salt, vitamins and flavorings, a wheat grinder. All these things are what you really need. You can also grow wheatgrass juice. It's tr incredibly nutritious. So then you want an, a cast iron pot because you need iron in your body. So those are the basics of food. Get warm clothes and a, and a sleeping bag. Remember to have walking shoes. And for most people, that'll be boots. Maybe even get two pairs. There's a few extra things that are handy to have, like matches or a magnifying glass. Maybe you want to do some things for a shelter maybe a makeshift shelter like a tent. All these things are good, but you get to figure it out. Have a flashlight, have a radio, have plenty of batteries. There's all sorts of things where you can do. Make your own list. But whatever you do, start thinking about it, get a list, and then you take those steps to start your preparations now. Before there's an urgent need, and what you want is hard to find. So, this is episode 41, and remember to give thanks to God for the many, many blessings in your life that you do have. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, 
Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Settle up your Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome to Red Sky Radio and the Red Sky Radio Ranch where we ride hard for the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you all. I got so much to fit in today. Uh, As I said last week, which was our inaugural launch in the great city of Phoenix, our second week there, uh, this program starts with good news. I try to end with good news. In between, hang on, it is an e-ticket ride. You're going to hear some things today you will not hear on any other program, not because I somehow have some magic line to any news department. It's because we dare to talk about some things in this program others just don't touch. It's not something we're patting ourselves on the back about. It is simply the calling. It is simply the mission. It is what we are supposed to do. Good news. I wanted to share this last week, but it's really sort of timeless good news, so I'm not late. And the media doesn't cover it anyway, so it's it's always going to be news to people who listen to primarily mainstream media. I think there was a little nod to it by Fox, but this is a big deal, and it's a bigger deal than most people think. And that is the fact that President Trump has gotten Germany to withhold $400 million as part of the sanctions from being delivered to the leftist, Obama-loving regime of Iran. That's right. The sanctions are working. Iran is hurting. Whereas Obama, the most incompetent, worst modern-day president of our political history, propped up that regime, propped up his beloved Muslim and Islamic faith, By cutting the Iran deal, Trump says, no way, we're not doing this. This is a lousy deal. He said it during the campaign. He's saying it now. He's acting on it. And, you you know, Obama's campaigned on hope and change. You want to see a real change? Take a look at the video, which you've got to go online to see, because you won't get it from the mainstream media. Because Obama's sort of in bed with Iran, always was. He's... He has no problem with that regime because his faith lines up with his own, with his own. But go look at the people chanting in the street, quote, death to America? No, no, they're not chanting death to American Iran. They're chanting death to their own dictator, death to the dictator, their own Ayatollah. This is absolutely unheard of. And who is making it happen? Mr. Trump. President Trump is making Iran crash and burn under the weight of its immoral Islamic regime, which exports only one thing in this world, terror. Well, oil. That's right. They export the oil so that they have the money to export the terror. It's a pretty simple equation. 
We make, a, we make a lot of money on our oil. We kind of screw over our own people, don't provide anything for them. But now we got tons of money to pay for terrorism because we hate Israel. Just like Obama hated Israel. Obama, trust me, folks, Obama loathes Israel. It's one of the reasons he's closer to Iran than he is. Why he's closer in spirit to Tehran than he is to Jerusalem. But there's no press coverage on this, is there? This is great news. You want to see regime change without having to send in the CIA, without having to send in uh, special ops? You want to see regime change without spending a lot of money on stupid nation building, which I do not support, whether it's done by the left or by the right? Just cut off the flow of money to these demonically inspired leaders in Iran. And you've got change. It's coming, folks. I mean, you look at the change in North Korea. You look at what is coming in Iran. Why on earth, other than the fact that the left left can do nothing except lie and, and spew profanities, that's all they really know. The only other thing that comes out of their mouth uh, is foam. They do foam at the mouth with some regularity. Do you think they would ever concede that just possibly Mr. Trump might be a candidate for the Nobel Peace Prize? With, with the progress. We're not there, but he's made some progress with North Korea. Nobody else has. Barack sure didn't. George W. didn't. He's making progress with, with regime change in Iran. Barack didn't. Barack propped up those, those guys. Let me just sort of be generic here. Of course, Barack got the Nobel Peace Prize for and he didn't do diddly, right? Love that billboard. Most famous, in, I'm sorry, not famous, my favorite billboard I have ever, ever seen. Of course, Obama didn't do anything to earn the Nobel Peace Prize, but it was at the um, uh, billboard or a sign outside, I want to say Heartland, Texas Automotive Repair. It's something close to that. It begins with an H. It's in Texas. And the sign simply said, free Nobel Peace Prize with oil change. I, I, I love that bill. I don't know who came up with that, but that sums it up. He didn't do jack squat diddly to get it. Didn't earn it. In fact, everything he's ever done has been, uh, has been destructive. And Trump, do you think they would even think about giving Trump the Nobel Peace Prize, who's actually done not something just not negative, but incredibly positive and reestablishing our position in the world. Hey, if you're going to lead, lead. Don't, do, don't pull a B.O. number and lead with your behind. That's all Obama did. He said lead from behind, but he led with his behind. Gosh, the guy was incompetent, immoral, and gutless. I tell you, that's a, that's a bad combination. And I'm not saying Donald Trump has got it nailed. This guy, Trump, is can be rude. He could be uh, uh, ruthless. He can be he can be crude. He's rough on the edges. He slips and slides on certain things. But you know what? I don't care what he honestly is like as a personality. I only care about what he does. And I don't care what a charlatan and and how charismatic Obama was. Sure, he was charismatic. But I want to tell you, so was. Adolf Hitler, hard to believe Adolf Hitler was charismatic. Those of you who've heard this program in the past, you, you will remember this from some time back, but that, that film footage I saw, it still sticks in my mind. Black and white, these girls in their early 20s, they're tugging at their blouses and they're screaming sort of in a, I can only say sort of a semi-orgasmic state. And, the, and it's black and white, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is right. This is 1963. The Beatles have landed at LaGuardia. But the camera pans, and who comes into view? It's Adolf Hitler. There was almost a sexual bond, if you will, that that demonically inspired person had with the young people, and particularly women, in Germany. Look, he was charismatic, folks. You know who, who you know who really scares me is the charismatic leader who's evil, and that was Obama. Good with the mouth, everything he did was evil. 
I would much rather have somebody who's incredibly rude and crude and rough and tough on the edges who you think you would never want as your father, your brother, your husband, or your son. Although I heard in person and private, he's a very nice gentleman. I'd rather have that person who actually gets it done and does what he says and does the right thing than the person who's smooth talking. I met a, a, a woman, husband and wife. We sold some stuff to them when we lived in California, some ranch equipment. And the guy was lamenting the fact that his wife voted for Obama. I said, well, why did she vote for him? He said, because he was a good talker. Now, I had to excuse myself when I went over to the bushes and hurled. Not really. But my point is this. He, she voted for him because he was a good talker. She said, yeah, he got a taco. That made him a good president. I mean, it doesn't matter what he says. It's just he talks well. Well, he was embarrassed for his wife. And my thought was, I, I, I stopped. I didn't go any further because, well, first of all, the sale wasn't done. Okay, I needed to get this stuff sold before I shot my mouth off and fate, stage two. Well, what I wanted to say was, where did she go to high school? And then tell them, because I'm going to write them and tell them that if somebody is so dumb as to vote for somebody based upon how they talk, and that's it, they need to have their high school diploma revoked. That's right, take it back. You didn't earn it. We don't want that kind of stupidity running around and saying you graduated from wherever, Obama High. Anyway, no press coverage to this. Trump has done a great job with Iran so far. And even if the, the regime doesn't if the regime doesn't get changed, if he cripples them financially, if he cripples them financially, he's done a great job. He is doing his job that a president ought to do. Protect the people at home against the bad guys that come over and the bad guys who don't come over, who want to, who want to come over and want to ruin us. He's doing a great job of that. And people say, okay, oh, Trump, that evil, mean guy, he's, he's, he's hurting the people of Iran with these sanctions. No, he is not. The leaders are hurting the people of Iran. Don't blame it on Trump. Look, we have an obligation to subsidize and maintain the lifestyle of the people in Iran because their rulers steal from the people. The rulers take their oil money and divert it to terrorism. We are supposed to subsidize that. Somehow we are at fault. We might as well be at a war with Iran. And I'm, I'm waiting for the day when they just push it too far and, and, and Israel toasts them in about 30 seconds flat. Not because I want to see a bunch of people dead. I just kind of like to see justice, right? That's, you know, I don't get to invoke it. That's God's domain. But I will tell you, nothing. when, when justice is delayed, it's irksome. Like, gosh, you know, when are, when are these people going to pay their dues? The leaders. The fact of the matter is, Whenever you have bad leaders, and Iran is loaded with, they don't have any good leaders. They're all bad. Whenever you have bad leaders, and I don't care whether it is Iran today, whether it was Adolf Hitler in World War II, whether it was Barack Obama two to ten years ago, the people of the countries that are under that bad leadership pay the price. They are the ultimate victims. Were we not supposed to stop Hitler just because in the process some German casualties would be involved? It is the price that the people pay for having a bad leader. It's the price the people in the United States paid for electing a demonically inspired leader like B.O. himself. I don't like the guy. Never did. I could see him coming. I knew he was lying. We know. I, I'm well, you know what? This isn't about Obama. I don't want to give I don't want to give him too much time on this program. Hillary would have been just as bad if not worse. Because she's everything Obama was and she's not even likable. She was sort of an easy, you know, she was an attack dog. And how what do you I mean she's just like a pit bull with two legs and a, and a pantsuit. 
I mean, you know, it was just very easy to dislike. Obama's a nice guy. He seems like a pretty friendly guy. But therein lies the danger. People pay the price for their bad leaders. Don't believe me? It's biblical. Here's your passage today. When the wicked rule, this is from Proverbs, you don't believe me, just believe it from Solomon, right? Solomon, the wisest guy that ever lived. If you don't think God inspired him, so be it. But just take it from the wisest guy who lived anyway, all right? He said, when the wicked rule, the people mourn. Why do they mourn? Because they pay the price for the leader's wickedness. I don't care whether it's Obama, whether it's Hitler, whether it is Ayatollah. I don't care whether it's Idi Amin, Paul Pot, Kim Jong-un, or Fidel Castro. Or the ultimate loser in the Northern Hemisphere, Trudeau in Canada. Canada is suffering for lousy leadership. When the wicked rule, the people mourn. What's the flip side? It says, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. Do people make the connections? No, most of the time they don't. They don't really make a connection between the economy and how well the people in leadership are leading and ruling. They don't really make that, they don't really make the connection. They, people, I understand people voting for their, with their wallet. But to hear somebody like Joey Scarface, I mean Scarborough, come on TV and, and proclaim that our current success, our current prosperity is due to Barack Obama. Do, the guy who gave us eight years of misery and malaise. And yet, during Obama's reign, the reason for the malaise and the misery was blamed on George Bush. So Obama's misery that he's created is, it was Bush's fault, but the prosperity we have now under Trump is supposedly to Obama's credit. Okay, let's move on. Hey, I spent too much time. I have got to tell you, I'm not a well, I'm not a big movie guy. I don't know what it is. I sort of don't like getting lost in the emotions that a movie can evoke because they play it can it play with your mind and your heart in a way that's not healthy. And but we went and saw the first movie we've seen, and geez, I don't know how long, four or five years or something. I see, I see about one every five years. That's about it. And uh, there's only a couple I really like. I mean, the last movie I liked from an entertainment standpoint, The Secretariat. How far, how far back does that go? I don't know, 10, 15 years? I'm not sure. Just not a movie guy. That's all. I, I'd rather read than watch movies. But I, I don't begrudge people to go to movies. But I did want to see Dinesh D'Souza's Death of a Nation. And I am here to tell you, you have got to see this documentary. I know Dinesh D'Souza. Had a chance to meet him and spend some time with him a few years back when he came and talked to church. He's a great guy. It's amazing that we got to go to immigrants sometimes, such as uh, like Rodney Howard Brown, who came from South Africa, down in Africa, or Dinesh D'Souza, who came from India, to remind us of our own rights, to fire us up and say and inspire us to say, look, I came here for what your founding fathers created. Now, don't you just sit on your hands and screw it up and let it go off to the left and go into uh, an eternal uh, hellhole because you have done nothing. Do something about it. This is D'Souza's Death of a Nation, where he proves that slavery is, was a feature, a favorite, and it is to this day still supported by Democrats. The Ku Klux Klan started by Democrats, Jim Crow laws by Democrats, the overseers of today's plantations, otherwise known as the Democrat Party, to keep blacks held almost hostage and in bondage to some sort of government dependency. It's just a 21st century plantation. you got to see the movie. If you don't see anything else, go see Death of a Nation. And when you're done with it, if you want to see another good movie, go see it again. We'll be right back. Rob Walder, Red Sky Radio. 
Hi, this is Rob Walter. As a California lawyer, I help clients escape the clutches of the California taxing authorities when they sell their highly appreciated investment property, rentals, farmland, commercial real estate, or any other real estate for which California will sock you. What we do is help replace clients' California real estate with high-quality income-producing real estate in other states through tax-free exchanges. My clients want out of California but want to take 100% of their hard-earned assets with them. Often, you will see a meaningful increase in income from replacement properties outside of California. We do it for our clients, and I've done it for myself. Normally, the properties we recommend will require little, if any, personal oversight. Of course, if you establish residency outside of California or have already left the left coast, it gets even better. With lower taxes, higher income, and Jerry Brown in your rearview mirror, you'll see the advantage of moving your real estate assets out of California. And the cost to you of my services, dead zero. Contact me today at info at redskyradio.net. That's info at redskyradio.net. This is Rob Walter. We are back with Red Sky Radio. You know what? I can't let this death of a nation thing go. I got to add, got to tack something onto this here. The program covers a, the, the essence of the documentary is there's two ways to kill a nation. To be overrun from outside or to implode from inside. The Democrats, the left, are about destroying a country from within. That's Barack Obama's fundamental transformation of America. Destroy it from within. He hates his country. Even Michelle hated it. She admitted she hated it until her husband was nominated. He's Kenyan. He's admitted it. The, re- the speech from a couple of months ago. But here's the, you know, the biggest problem was not the fact that Obama, I, really, I still don't believe, was born in the United States. I really don't. The facts, even the, this Institute for Forensic Science in Israel said that there is not a worse forgery the head of the uh, forensics department of an institute of an Israeli institute, I can't think of its full name right now, said one of the worst, most botched forgery jobs is the purported true birth certificate of Barack Obama. That came from the Israelis. Now, they don't really particularly hate the guy because Obama's anti-Semitic. He hates Jews, always hated Jews because he's Islamic. Under I, I, I get why he has the feelings he has. Obviously, I don't uh, agree with him. The only real ally we need in the whole world is Israel. Take the whole world, just give us Israel, we'll survive. God will bless those that bless Israel, curse those that curse Israel. That's, that's as far as you've got to get in, in that equation. But the left, the left has always been about destruction. They don't build, they, what do they do? They take from people who produce they uh, kill inside the womb. They are fine with letting criminals go free, but executing the innocent that are inside the womb. You see, the, the left is not faith-inspired unless you consider that they're part of the dark side. Are they part of the force that's from the dark side? And you hear these judges today who are leftist judges. They sound like Darth Vader's up there breathing threatenings from the bench in their cloaks, their black cloaks, spewing out these fiats and edicts as though they were God because they think they are God because, frankly, uh, the enemy of our souls would like to be God. All right. The racists are on the left. The truthophobes are on the left. It's a new word today. I just just came to me this morning. Truthophobes. They can't stand the truth. I understand why they can't stand the truth. I understand why they're uncomfortable with it because they have so little experience with the truth. And I want to tell you, this is a 
as as we as you get used to this program a little bit more in the Phoenix area, others have been hearing me ad nauseum for over a decade in Nevada and California. Measure everything I say by the truth. If it doesn't measure up, then throw it out. And if I'm wrong, I'll come back on and admit it, and, and I have admitted it before. If I've jumped on a story, I didn't do my vetting, I come back, say, hey, you know what, I screwed up. Or somebody say, hey, put this on the radio. I said, well, prove it to me. So, well, I can't really prove it. And I said, well, forget it. I'm not going to go on there and embarrass myself to advance your cause. If I can't prove it, if I can't vet it, I'm not beyond mistake. Getting better. But you see, the left has always been about something that's evil or destructive. They, I mean, there's this incestuous, unless you want to call incest good, incestuous relationship, intermingling of the species, if you will, gets even worse between the Democrat Party and the media. And so we've had to go to alternative media to even get a snippet of truth. Hey, if you're, if you're in, in, in high school, you know, high school or college, go into your classrooms with your phones and your cameras going and film that sociology professor, the poli-sci professor, the whatever social science professor who's going in there and having a hissy fit over Trump while he's wearing or she's wearing an Obama T-shirt. Look, I have never yet seen a police lineup with an Obama with a person wearing an Obama shirt. But I've seen about 60 to 80 police lineup photos with people wearing Obama shirts. I've never seen them wearing Trump shirts. I may have misspoken that. I've never seen a police lineup with a person wearing a Trump T-shirt. Or frankly, McCain for that matter. And I was no McCain fan or Mitt Romney. And I was no Mitt Romney fan. You want some hard facts here? This is gonna this is gonna upset some people. Seventy percent of all felons identify as Democrats. Seventy percent. You say, well, that's nothing to brag about if thirty percent are Republicans. No, you're right. Because there's a lot of Republicans I'm embarrassed of. But the other thirty percent aren't Republicans. Only nine percent are twenty one percent identify as Democrats when they come to the voting booth. They call themselves, I'm sorry, they identify as independents, but they vote Democrat. So you got 70% of felons self-identify as Democrats. 21% self-identify as independents, but vote Democrat. 9% are Republicans. Republicans, folks, do not have a lock on virtues. We're going to find out about this one gal who needs to drop out and get her fanny out of the race, ASAP, the GOP candidate down in Florida, who lied about graduating from Miami University, who lied about having an A rating from the NRA. She got a B rating, and she didn't graduate. She said, I apologize. I made a mistake. No, you didn't, woman. You lied. You lied. You lied. You lied. Get out of here. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat, you lie, get out of here. God, please get the hook and remove these people from us. I don't care which side they're on. But right now, the in the race to hell, the poll position belongs to the Democrats. It just does. They're fine with lying because it's kind of, I think they're, they're bereft of some significant morals that would otherwise dictate their behavior. So if you're a young person or you're an older person taking college classes, go in there with your camera going. We need all the help we need we can get, like James O'Keefe with Project Veritas, to document the lies of the left. We know they lie. They do it with great ease. Where does, the, where does voter fraud come from? You know, 90% of the dead people vote Democrat? 90% of dead people vote Democrat. I said, well, wait, what, what, what are you talking about? All the people who are dead, who are still on a voter roll, who somehow log a vote, 90% of them are Democrat. That's just what. At voter fraud? The voter fraud is outrageously on the left. And I want to tell you why. You're, you're getting a take. Look, folks, uh, if you didn't hear last week's program, I started life as a Democrat. I was really a libertarian, but I ran for the House of Representatives in Michigan as a Democrat. And God forgave me. (laughs) But 
the Democrat Party, do you know why they are relatively comfortable with voter fraud, even to the point of fighting every attempt to make sure that the only people who vote are citizens? Why would they fight so hard to make sure only citizens can vote if they weren't relying on illegals and unregistered people to vote for them? Here's why. This is all you'll need to know about voter fraud. If you support the execution, the right to execute 62 million innocent, unborn children, if you support the right to execute 62 million in the womb, if you support the right for homosexuals to go around, commit sodomy here, sodomy there, and sodomize our military and everything else, that which God calls an abomination. If you support the right to strip law-abiding people the right to defend themselves, if you are so immoral like that, what's his name, Cuomo Schmomo on CNN, who, who, who thinks Antifa has a moral position that needs to be advocated for and supported, if you are that bereft on those issues morally, what's voter fraud? I'll tell you what voter fraud is to a Democrat. It is a parking ticket. And they do not care how many parking tickets accumulate. And they do have no intention of paying for the parking tickets because they consider it a non-crime, a non-issue. Voter fraud doesn't matter to those guys. Well, I want to tell you, I, all right, this program, we're about getting out the truth, right? It's about truth and nothing but the truth. I said if, if you measure everything I say in the context of truth. And as I mentioned last week, I will quote whoever speaks a truth. Like I said, it could be Martin Luther King, could be Jesus, could be Winston Churchill, Thomas Jefferson. It could be Barack Obama. On a rare occasion, he spoke something that was truthful could be Donald Trump, it could be Billy Graham, it could be Wim, uh, Oprah Winfrey if she stumbled onto the truth. I don't think she's a bad person. I think she's just, me- kind of, she's just messed up. But I want to share something interesting. It's biblical, but it's going to make a point because I'm going to tie in Winston Churchill. I say, Winston Churchill in the Bible? Yeah, you're right. They don't mix. There's nothing about Winston Churchill that would indicate that he embraced any faith of any sort. We only know what he despised. We don't really know what he liked. We do know what he despised. But there's an interesting passage in the book of Luke. Uh, and, and Jesus is speaking, and he, and he actually commends the wisdom and the shrewdness of a person who was caught doing something wrong by the way that person got out, uh, extricated himself from the matter. He, he, he said that uh, this person who was not right, this unjust person, this person who was behaving badly, he said, was actually wiser in how he conducted the manner by which he got out of the matter, then he then Jesus said of the children of the light. The children some people in the world can speak truths without a faith connection. Hear me on this thing, because this is not what we like to hear. There's some people in the world who will speak a truth that within their realm of knowledge is more impactful than some Christian who doesn't care to know the truth, want to know the truth, and just goes slobbering around claiming <clears throat> whatever, Jesus loves, Jesus loves, never gets on that, then is wrong on 98 out of 99 social issues. Couldn't be more dumb, couldn't be more stupid in their ignorance of the world in which they operate in. That's what Jesus is saying. There's some people who, they're not children of the light, but they're smart, they're shrewd. They're actually wiser than some of you guys who supposedly are in the light. It's not supposed to be that way. But it is. 
And Winston Churchill was one of those guys. Winston Churchill has an uncanny uh, um, what's not now? Why can't he come up with a word? It's a, there's sort of an uncanny corollary, if you will. I was trying to come up with the adjective for corollary. Colorative? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, hey, it's a word now. I just made it up. But there's this uncanny corollary of sorts between Winston Churchill and Donald Trump. Winston Churchill was born less than 10 years after the end of the Civil War. He was born in 1874. He lived 91 years. Died in, I think, 1965. A lot of probably a good number of the people listening to the program were alive when Winston Churchill died. But he was born less than 10 years after the end of the Civil War. He lived through a lot of wars. He was rough. He was crude. He drank a lot. He smoked cigars and blew it in people's face. He made crude comments. He made what people would call sexist comments today. But, but he was used to save England at the time of England's greatest need. Therein, right there, is a corollary with Donald Trump. Now you say, well, did God use Winston Churchill? Well, I don't know. Did God use Donald Trump? God used whoever he wants. He used Cyrus, who was a hedonistic pagan king, to save the Jews. He can use whoever he wants. After all, that's why he's called God, right? I think I could get that much. So did he use Winston Churchill? Yes, he did. Was Winston Churchill popular after the war? Are you kidding? He was persona non grata. He got the left foot of fellowship because he wasn't the smooth administrator, the, the compassionate one that people were looking for after a time of war. There was a battle that needed to be fought. He got it done. He wanted this to be, no matter what else happened, what was that saying? He wanted this to be their finest hour. Not necessarily based upon whether there was victory, but based upon the, the degree of bravery exemplified by the English people. Do you know what Winston Churchill was really saying when he made that comment? He was really saying, make England great again. That's really what he was saying. You know, win or lose. We're, we, we're, look, we're, we want to save this nation. I think we can save this nation. We're going to save this nation. But if we don't, let it be known that this was England's finest hour, fighting for freedom, fighting to the death against a demonically inspired Nazi regime. And he was called for just such a time as that. His purpose was rather singular. It was rather exclusive. And maybe that's Trump. Trump is here to get us out of this 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 mess, this hellhole that, frankly, we've been headed towards for a long time. Barack Obama simply accelerated it at lightning speed. Couldn't quite finish us off. And fortunately for us, there was a loser named Hillary Clinton, the prostitute in the pantsuit that ran. Otherwise, maybe Trump would have been beaten. But so did God raise that? I think so. He can use whoever he wants. So, in honor and of Winston Churchill, I want to share some things that are truths that, in most of the cases I'm going to share with you, bear a direct application to where we are today. A truth spoken by a guy, I don't know if he was Christian or not, my sense was he had some head belief in God, he probably wasn't a Christian. Doesn't, to me, other than his, where he is today, it doesn't really matter. He was used to save England, and England has blown it since then. England has kissed it away. England has essentially sacrificed what Churchill fought for and what what he inspired the people of England to fight for. So these are a few Churchillisms, if you will, that have corollaries today that are applicable today, coming from a guy who in many ways is wiser than the people that I sit next to in church. I'm not denigrating the people in church. I'm just saying, look, in the world and where you're put, you better excel. In the world that Churchill was in, he excelled. And his excelling exceeded a lot of Christians' positions that they're in 
by virtue of their complete ignorance of what they're supposed to do or say, and even if they know what they're supposed to do or say, they lack the guts to say it. Churchill. Diplomacy is the art of telling somebody where to go in such a way that they ask for directions. Now, Churchill actually used a little harsher language. It's not an exact quote. You can fill in what he said. Diplomacy is the art of telling people where to go in such a way that they ask for directions. Next one. This applies to Donald Trump. I'm not here to to prop up Trump. He falls or stands on his own. Churchill said, You will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. Does this apply to Trump? Yeah, knock off the tweets about Omarosa. Who gives a rat's rear end about Omarosa or LeBron James or anybody else that's trying to pick a fight with you, Donald? You don't have to throw stones at every dog that barks. That's a Churchillism from a half a century ago that applies today. A truth spoken in the past that reaches forward to where we are. Last one. Think about this before the break. Fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Rob Walter, and as a California lawyer for many years, I've been helping clients escape the clutches of the California taxing authorities upon the sale of their highly appreciated assets, such as investment property, rentals, farmland, or commercial real estate, or any other real estate for which California will sock you. What do I do? I help replace clients' California real estate with high-quality assets in other states through tax-free exchanges. In short, my clients want out of California but want to take 100% of their hard-earned real estate assets with them. Often, you will see a meaningful increase in income from replacement properties outside California, and normally, the properties we recommend will require little, if any, personal oversight. Of course, if you establish residency outside of California or have already left the left coast, it gets even better. With lower taxes, higher income, and Jerry Brown in your rearview mirror, you'll see the advantage of moving your real estate assets out of California. The cost to you of my services, absolute dead zero, nothing. Contact me today at info at redskyradio.net. That's info at redskyradio.net. We are back. Rob Walter, Red Sky Radio. Churchillisms. The genius of Churchill, a man for his time who had application, usefulness, critically necessary at the depth of England's despair on the brink of destruction was critical in the saving of England in an effort to, as I said, make England great again, a corollary to Donald Trump. Neither man perfect, both men crude, both men designed for a particular task that needs to be done because others have not done their task. Others wouldn't roll up their sleeve and get the job done. So God's got to use a big hammer to take out and deal with Hitler. A big hammer to undo what was been done by a ton of presidents before Donald Trump and Congresses and courts that have just facilitated our slouching and sliding towards Gomorrah in this country. Next quote. This applies to us, America, today, right now. Winston Churchill, a nation that forgets its past, has no future. A nation that forgets its past has no future. Kind of a takeoff on that expression, which most of us are familiar with, that if you fail to learn from history, then you are bound to repeat it. The most famous or well-known Churchillism, which I'm just going to include here because 
you will write me if I don't. But you may write me anyway, info at uh, redskyradio.net. If you're not a liberal at 20, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative at 40, you have no brain. This one. This applies to the socialists of the day, the Bernie Sanders of today, the Ocasio-Cortezes of today. Bernie Sanders, the guy... Has the guy ever said anything that was truthful? I, I don't really know. I mean, goodness sakes, there's a reason his initials are, are BS, but, but that's another story. This is what socialists need to hear. They won't receive it. They just have to, but they need to hear it. Winston Churchill, there is nothing government can give you that it hasn't taken from you in the first place. There is nothing government can give you that it hasn't taken from you in the first place. Next quote, folks, this, I'd make this personal because I I listen and hear the ignorance of our voters today. You know, our whole system presupposes a relatively informed, I'm not saying necessarily educated, because you're not getting an education in most colleges today. You go in to get an education, and you emerge with an indoctrination. My wife does not have a college degree. I will stack up the wisdom of my wife against probably nine and a, and a half out of every ten PhDs out there. I am not knocking PhDs. For some, it stands for piled high and deep. Others, it means something. It actually is applied for something good. But a lot of degree, degrees don't mean you are wise. Difference between education and wisdom. Education or between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is what you learn. Wisdom is the appropriateness of, of the application of your knowledge. You can know a bunch of stuff, but if you're absolutely clueless and witless, about how to apply it, you're a numbskull. And we hear people on the left and the right say numbskullian things. There's another new word for you, numbskullian. And that is something really stupid coming from somebody who's really educated. We hear it all the time. Okay, Winston Churchill. The best argument against a democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter. Isn't that the best argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter? You see, Churchill wasn't knocking democracy as a concept or an ideology, but he was knocking it in the manner by which it was implemented when you have a bunch of people who are purposefully uninformed or or negligently uninformed, thinking that they're informed, thinking that what they can get, all they need to know is on a 134-character feed from Twitter or something that somebody who's, who's made a ton of money, whether it's LeBron James or whether it was Donald Trump. I don't care who it is. Somebody who's rich and famous doesn't mean they're wise. Doesn't mean they have wisdom. Doesn't mean that what they say is just something you ought to pick up and run with because, after all, hey, he's really good in basketball. He must know a lot about the economy. This is the Churchillian uh, phrase that I would say to describe American exceptionalism. Success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Why is, are, are more things invented in the U.S. or in, in, in let's say, Israel than in, in Europe? Because in Europe, after a 32-hour week, folks, they're done. They're knocking off. They've knocked off. They're having their latte schmate on some Cafe Paris. Europe is toast. 
Now, the Germans are an industrious people. They've been infected by Islam. They can't get, they can't get their act together now under Merkel, who is a fundamentally defective ruler. In an effort in an effort to try to still be apologizing and still be correcting for Hitler's activity, they've just gone stupid in the other direction. But they're industrious people. They are hardworking people. How much enthusiasm there is, I don't know. You don't hear much enthusiasm uh, in the German language, right? You know, my wife speaks some German. She's German. And, you know, you hear the Frenchmen speak. Oh, je suis le parlement, well, whatever, right? I can't say, you know, je ne parle français, that's all I know. I don't speak French. That's what that means. Je ne parle pas français means I don't speak French. But they can say it in a way that they're actually telling you to stick it in your left ear, but it sounds like a marriage proposal. The Germans could be making a marriage proposal, whatever, this guttural spits flying everywhere, could be could be a marriage proposal, but it sounds like he's telling you to stick it in your ear. I don't even know how I got onto this thing, but the Germans could be. Well, I guess I know what it was. Success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. It's hard to know when the Germans are enthusiastic, but they do seem to go from failure to failure on their way to success with a lot of things. Some of the best cars, best machinery, some of the best. Um, my wife buys her linens now. I don't know why, but they, the linens come from Germany. They make the best linen. I can't even think of the name of the company. If I knew it, I'd tell you. It's great. Okay. I will I will share this. My wife did not want me to share this, but I'm going to. Not because it's kind of a, a little bit tawdry, if you will. But it's a Churchillian statement that speaks to a bigger topic than alleged sexism okay a good speech should be like a woman's skirt long enough to cover the subject and short enough to create interest i actually really like this i think because it 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 expresses very well look look guys are moved early in life particularly by what they believe a woman to be if, they, if it's attractive, they're attractive. There's not one definition of attractiveness. Different men find different things attractive, okay? God made us that way. Hey, we, we're attracted to, to something. Well, you don't need a hyper mini skirt to, for a man. That, that, that's more, that, that signals what? A prostitute, right? Not, that's not what most men are going for. There really isn't. But men might look at some, uh, a, a, a skirt and say, oh, my gosh, she's got very pretty ankles, I mean, and I would do that. I mean, I mean, it's not wrong to be attracted to something physically, and that's all Churchill is saying. But he's making a bigger point here about a speech: cover the subject, but don't bore them to death. It'll just create interest, but cover enough that they don't leave ignorant. I think it was a beautiful way of expressing that. Now you're going to write in and say, "Well, Rob, you know, why are you going for women's ankles?" Ah, eh, no, not really. Hey, I went to University of Michigan. There were no women there. I was so desperate I would take out any girl who had at least one leg shaved. So ankles made a difference, right? Okay. I got to hurry up. I'm running out of time. One man with conviction will overwhelm a hundred who have only opinions. That's encouragement to all the young conservatives who are fighting for their life on left-wing campuses, which are about 90% of them. One man with conviction will overwhelm 100 who have only opinions. The main vice of capitalism is the uneven distribution of prosperity. But the main vice of socialism is the even distribution of misery. Hey, here's one for you, Barack. However beautiful the strategy you should occasionally look at the results. That's Mr. Shovel, not so shovel ready, Barack Obama. Media, this is for you. A lie, which you tell all the time, gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. And probably one of my favorites here. Well, no, gosh, you know, I got to hurry up. I'm out of time. I can't believe this. 
but one of my favorites. We contend that for a nation to try to tax itself into prosperity is like a man standing in a bucket and trying to lift himself up by the handle. And the great man Churchill would be in jail today if he gave this quote in England. Islam is more dangerous in a man than rabies in a dog. Winston Churchill, the truth lives on. Sit tall in the saddle. America, remember we ride for the brand. God bless you. See you next week.